Hi all, welcome back to Everyone's Therapist. It's myself, Amber, with here my beautiful co-host, Leilani. We are so excited for you to be tuning in, listening here with us in your car, in your house, uh, wherever you may be. But on this episode, it is Things We Wish Our Parents Knew, as you can see by the title of it, and we're just going to open up this can of worms, and it's a fucking mess. Let's go. Hi, friends. Uh, Like Amber said, it's a can of worms. Welcome back. We're here. We're ready. And we are talking about what we wish our parents knew. I do want to preface this episode because we are talking about parents and thinking that this could possibly be a controversial topic because neither myself or Amber are parents. However, we are looking through the lens as we once were children. Thank you. I got you. <laughs> I was like, I see what you're trying to say. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm going to start off the episode with how this topic kind of came up. And I'm not sure if everybody tuned in to the Grammys. I think it was maybe a month ago, a few weeks ago. There was a performance by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion with their their song WAP. It's explicit. It's controversial. Vulgar, I would say. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Many opinions on the song and or the video and even the performance on the Grammys. And performers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, this topic came up because I watched the performance and the very next day while on social media, someone had posted in regarding to the performance and their opinion on it. And a lot of the opinions were how, you know, these women are supposed to be role models and that's not role model-like behavior and that should have never been allowed on TV. I will say that a lot of the comments were mothers speaking in regards to their daughters, saying that they don't want their daughters, you know, being raised with these type of role models, how um, it was wrong. And I don't agree or disagree with what was being said, but what did come up for me was, as a daughter, right, was, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought to myself, well, I basically went down this, like, rabbit hole of... Right, because it's just a domino effect of... Yeah. Yeah. You know, I start thinking about these comments, and, and like I said, you know, there's no right or wrong. These are opinions. I'm not going to judge someone on how they want to raise their daughter or their child. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did go down a rabbit hole of thinking, granted, whether or not you think the performance or the song, your opinion on them, mm-hmm. your opinion could differ from your child. And mm-hmm. you're going to shelter your child from this. And they're not going to know why these women do these things. For example, what if your daughter is curious mm-hmm. about dancing or about sexuality or you know what I mean just like having these thoughts and I feel like that video was like the door that opened the thought process and the rabbit hole to to the hole we're going down but I feel like what I'm hearing you say and correct me if I'm wrong is that it's not that specific thing. It's that, it's not that that video or that performance is like you should expose or you should 
do this because your opinion's very neutral about it. Yeah. But it's about sheltering your kids. Yes. Absolutely. I feel like maybe you are sheltered. <laughs> is that where I'm going here? Thank you for opening that door. I got you. Because that is how the topic. Uh, today's topic on the episode, you know, what we wish our parents knew, how it came up. Yeah. Um, because then what comes up for me and what um, I want to address is, you know, the topic of sex. Yeah. Right? I I grew up in a religious household mm-hmm. where, you know, sex wasn't normalized. Mm-hmm. Sex wasn't ever talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, what I knew about it was your parents had it. That's, you know, that's how babies were made. And that's kind of just it. Yeah. And because it wasn't normalized or because it wasn't talked about and even kind of like a tis tis. Yeah, like a tis tis. Like a you, you don't you don't do it's that. It's a little taboo, yeah. Yeah, you don't do that, you don't think about it, you don't talk about it. Right. And it was just like that was it, right? So, yeah. When it came or when I came into a situation where confronted with like having sex, man, I was just like like dumbfounded, mm-hmm. lost, mm-hmm. confused. Yeah, you had like, no direction. I had no direction. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. You know where to turn to, and so I. I feel like my parents sheltering mm-hmm. me from this topic, mm-hmm. or not. You know, normalizing this topic, or talking with me about this topic, made me one uncomfortable to turn to them mm-hmm. about it, which then I turned to friends. Which is probably the worst place. Which, like, Because they're, they're, your, they're your peers. They're yeah, in the most but the same boat or something. At similar. the time, we were 17 and 18. Yeah. And so, what the hell do we know? And there's no Google back then. Yes. Well, yeah. there probably was, but it wasn't as accessible. Like, right. You don't go to Google for that back then. Yeah. Yeah. There, you had Cosmo Magazine. Basically. And but then it's like, you know, you turn to, to your peers who are kind of in the same situation of, like, we're just kind of going with what we see on TV, and it's not necessarily, you know, I don't know. I was just, I was confused, and it led me down a path of, unfortunately, you know, putting my trust in my sexual partner at the time, Mm -hmm. and basically having a sexual relationship that they viewed mm-hmm. was what they wanted, right? Right. Because I didn't know... How to speak up. Yeah, I didn't know how to speak up. I didn't know what to ask for. I didn't, didn't know, know what, what to doing. do. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what to do. And, you know, it unfortunately led, you know, into my adult life kind of with the same aspect, right? Like, I never had... A, and now you have to course correct. Yeah. So I never normalized, you know, speaking about sex. Mm-hmm. Therefore, into my adult life, never felt comfortable talking about it let alone having it, right? And it, you know, it it led me down that path of just kind of having these, like, unfulfilled sexual relationships. And had I been more comfortable talking about it, I feel like I I could have had a better... If you were known been more experienced and not even experienced... Not necessarily experienced. Not experienced sexually, but experienced in, like, talking about it. Right. Normalizing Like, so, for example, I am very comfortable talking about sports. Yeah. I was raised on... This is where we differ. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) But I was raised, like, watching sports, playing sports, and so... Talking sports? Yeah. So, it is very, very comfortable for me to either bring it up, talk about it, learn, or 
anything of that sort, right? It's just like, just so natural. It was never natural for me to talk about sex. And because it was so taboo, I was so sheltered from it. Mm-hmm. it. It unfortunately, in my adult life, like, that's what came up. Like, I was never, if I was in a sexual relationship, I was never comfortable, like, talking about it. I didn't know how to talk about it. Yeah. I didn't know so didn't what to look So you didn't sex in your relationship? No. Oh. No. So interesting. It was just had. Like, it, you know what I mean? It like, was, it, like, a performance, and then it was done, and nobody talks about it. Yeah. And then, too, it's like, I don't know... You know, and, you know, I will say I'm 34 now, Mm -hmm. and a lot of my confusion was in my 20s, where I didn't necessarily know, like, what I should be feeling, or I didn't know, you know, how sex was going to be good for me, or what I should, you know, what should happen for me. Right. I literally just was like... There going along with what my partner wanted. Right. Which is unfair to me. Right. Which then now, fast forward into my 30s, then having a partner who wanted, who wanted to know what was going to make me feel good and vice versa and being able to have open dialogue was like... You're like, wait, this is... Yeah. (laughs) Just this, like, wait, what? That is so interesting. So my question to you, because... I think, and I wish I had a better term that came to mind, is a lot of times what happens is, like, this not talking about sex in childhood or upbringing or even your adolescence, you know, in high school or whatnot, and not having a path and clear communication or open dialogue about it now has created a domino effect, just yeah. like a lot of childhood bullshit does, and and it affects your, you know, later years or your adult, you know, your adult. Yeah, it does. So... My question to you is, what do you wish that your parents would have done differently? I just wish... So, fast forward, now being adults, like, sex is not taboo. Mm-hmm. It is not, you know... No, you get into the real, real world and everybody talks about sex all the, all time. the time. right? But sex is not taboo. It is 100% natural for you and your partner to want to have sex, to feel sexually attracted to each other, right? And... Jesus mm-hmm. loves me regardless if I'm having sex or not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was... Yeah. Like I had mentioned earlier, I was brought up in, a, like, a religious household to where it was, like... Which also ties sex and religion, and not in a weird way. I, I mean it in... It has a different view when, you, when you're when you going to put them in the same yeah, category. Because it's, like... And I'm, I get it. And for some people and cultures and religions, yeah. I 100% understand. Yeah. Not but judging it, religion, not judging yeah. cultures... But what it placed on me was that sex judgment. was a sin. Oh. Yeah. Judgment and sex was a sin. Oh. So you can't have sex, right? Which, like... So that makes you feel guilt and shame. But which... Exactly. Which also affected... <laughs> which creates which, another domino effect. Exactly. Which also affected me... <laughs> right. In thinking, like, I'm doing something wrong... Right. ...when having sex. So, like I said, what I wish my... Or what you asked, what I wish my parents knew or what my wish I, my parents did was now fast forward, right? Realizing... Sex is not bad. Mm-hmm. Sex is completely natural. I just wish it was a topic of conversation. So you wish you had had open dialogue. Yes. I yeah. just wish that it wasn't taboo. I wish that I was... And I, I don't need the how-tos. Yeah. By any means. I don't even know if I would necessarily be comfortable having that kind of conversation with my parents. Right. But I just wish it was wasn't taboo and I wish it was just talked about. Do you think it was maybe shunned in your house? Like, were you not, like 
Because I remember growing up, and obviously, like, your your parents are going to kind of, like, hide your eyes from certain scenes of a movie when, when you're of a certain age and yeah. things like that. But I didn't really have super strict rules around the TV after a certain age. Like, but my parents just instilled trust in me. And so I never watched anything absurd. But you, a lot of movies nowadays and have make-out scenes or a quick sex scene or something like that. So was that completely off? Oh, my God. Like, no, I never watched anything yeah, so like that. Yeah, so was that, like, off, like, totally, no, like... No, I never watched anything like that. Okay. So, yes. So I feel like even just normalizing within the household, because that was, like, a normal... It wasn't weird in my household or, like... I watched The Notebook, I think, when I was in, like, high school. So it's, like... And that's pretty sexual. Yeah. So I saw things like that, and that's probably a decent example of well and but here's the thing right so it i was sheltered to which i didn't watch those things but what it led to was me being in my room and i'm supposed to be asleep like watching like the late night mtv Mm. like tv shows and wondering like what is going on like what is that and like being curious right right but then again now not being comfortable to speak about it right. with my parents. And so then it was like, who do I turn to? Like, who do I talk to about this? Yeah, that's so interesting. And I feel like as we're having this conversation, what I'm starting to realize and maybe the aha moment I've had is a parent, in my opinion, a parent, a caretaker, a caregiver, leader, sole coach, sole purpose typically is to protect the children. Yeah. That's the number one is to yeah. protect but it's a fine line between exposing, overexposing, and sheltering. Sure. And where do you... And everybody defines that different for every different family. Absolutely. And that's where it's like... It is hard because I do think... You're talking about this thing, it's like sheltering. I'm like, man, I had a totally different view on it growing up. Like, my mom walked around like half naked literally my entire life. Still does it if she comes visits. And she would, like, walk around in, like, a t-shirt and, like, underwear in front of my friends, like, in high school. Like, in front of my boyfriends, (laughs) like. So everyone was like, whoa! But I'm, like, used to it. And now, it's funny because fast forward, I'm super comfortable being naked in front of people. Like, I don't care. And uh, so it's worked out well. But I never had, I can relate on some of this, like, I never really had a sex talk really with my parent, my mom, I guess. Um, They have that, like you know, sex health education class or the sex day or whatever, but it, it's, it's uncharted territories and it's weird. And, um, I think I had, I think I was blessed with having a quote unquote cool mom and she was a young mom. And so, and I had an older sister and so they always talked about things. They always see, they and talked, that was so the it, difference in, in my family. My sister was seven years older than me. So at the time where I was having these thoughts or should have been having these conversations, she was in college. Yeah. Yeah. So I never, I never had that. Yeah. So I never really went to them with questions, but I just heard things being talked about in my house and seeing movies. And it wasn't weird. There's probably definitely conversations I didn't want to hear. And it wasn't when I was super young. It wasn't when I was like 10 and I'm hearing these things. It was when I was, you know, in high school and that, you know, I know what sex is and everything like that. But I do remember on the topic of sex is my, my high school boyfriend and I had been together for like a couple of months and my mom just like blatantly like asked me, she's like, are you still a virgin? And I was just like, how? I was like offended. I was so offended. I was Were like, you? Yeah. I was like, wow, you really think, like, I would just do that? 
And because I like pride myself, I think, on being a goody goody. Um, and then, you know, it was two and a half years later, but she never, if I have to bone to pick about sex in my house or a topic of sex or anything like that, is that she drilled into my head, don't get pregnant, but she never followed up conversation about it. So I chose when I was 18 to go get an IUD and get birth control because I was like, I can't get pregnant, I can't get pregnant. And to this day, it's one of the best decisions I've made. I think I am lucky that I haven't gone pregnant yet. <laughs> Not, I don't mean it in that way. I mean no, it in sure. that, like, I think it would have really changed my life course altogether. Yeah, so... But which I w- but there was never a conversation. It was just like, don't get pregnant. And yes. so I was like, okay, I can't get pregnant. Let me go get an IUD. Let me figure this out. But I did, I went to, I did it all myself. I like booked the appointment. I did all of it. Yeah. She never, so, and then I told her after I got it, like, she didn't care. Mm-hmm. I was like, by the way, I got an IUD. She's like, I have one too. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> But like, you never went and took me when I had a boyfriend for two and a half years and said. Which like, but what. I love out of this conversation is like that's what was instilled or that what was that's what was talked about. Right. So that's what happened. Right? Mm-hmm. For me, when I told my mom oh. now, I mean, let's not go judge my mom. Yeah. She's, you know, a religious person yeah. and you raise your children how you think it's best and so and that's what's great. I'm by any means not knocking my mom for raising me the way she did. I love, love, love my upbringing. However, yeah, there's always flaws. Yeah. However, I brought up that I lost my virginity and my mom slapped me and like didn't speak to me for three weeks. That is and, so mean. But like, but you think of it, you have to think of it from like a religious mother's perspective of like, right. my daughter just lost her virtue yeah, and her being upset about it. And that's totally fine. And right? she holds it, I don't want to say a different value, but holds it in a different light. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that's what shaped sex for me right. for the rest of my, right. like, and life. that's a lot of shame. Was shame. Right. Right? And that it was a sin. Right. And that it wasn't a topic to be talked about. And so that's what literally happened until, until my 30s when I had a boyfriend who was comfortable to talk to me about it. Right. And he's looking at me like, why don't you want to talk about it? Or why don't you want to have it more? And I'm like, uh. Yeah, you're like, well, this is fun. Because my inner child is like, it's a sin and it's shameful and you don't I talk kinda, about it. I kinda, I mean, I remember having to get over feeling that way sometimes. But yeah, sex and, and how it shapes and develop you and like how, how you're viewed as, as a child or talked about or exposed to it or whatever. Oh, I bet that could be a whole nother sure, topic. It could, it could and be like, a whole nother episode, a yeah. whole nother topic. And, and who knows what we're trying to get out of it. But for me, it was just, I wish it was just talked about. Right. I don't, I don't even know what needed to be said about it, but I just wish it was normalized. Right. And not what it was. That's interesting. So, on a completely different... Well, because I also brought up, like, what? sports being yes. a comfort for me yes. because I was raised watching it, raised talking about it, raised playing it. Mm-hmm. You weren't. No, I didn't. Um, obviously, I had sports in my house growing up. My dad watched football and basketball and things like that, but it wasn't a um, hobby-filled household in general. Like, 
Which is actually funny that I kind of just realized that as I said it out loud. And I'm like, oh, that's probably why I have a problem finding a freaking hobby that I actually enjoy. <laughs> um, that's, But I've said it before and I'll say again, that's my one, I think, real bone to pick with my parents. Is that the biggest disservice they did to me was not letting me be in a sport, commit to a sport. Or even maybe a musical instrument, which was I was never really interested in anyways. Yeah. Some sort of organized activity. Right. Because I realized pretty early on, I would say probably when I was like 18, 19, 20, how much it affected me when I was like, damn, like I never learned how to be part of a team. I never learned like team effort. I never learned to take direction from coach critical, like construction criticism. I never learned, um, perseverance, showing up, never quitting, self-discipline. Wow. Any of that. Wow. And See, so, that's so crazy to me because that comes so naturally for me. Oh. Wow. Bless your heart. <laughs> and obviously some of those things I have learned in other avenues of my life and I yeah. have learned in other forms or experiences or whatnot. But overall, like I, a, a huge one of it, I'm like, I never got to experience what it, the camaraderie of it. Yeah. I never got to experience like the sisterhood or the brotherhood or yeah. the teamhood or whatever. Yeah. Um, and not only that, I mean, th- the values and the characteristics, the qualities, uh, character ve- development is what I'm trying to say, that you get from committing to a sport are one thing. But also on the other side of it, I never got comfortable, and still to this day, I'm not super comfortable with working out in a group of people. Like, I'm very particular, like, my workouts, how I work out. I never fell in love with physical activity until I was... M- much way way past my childhood um but I think the biggest thing that bugs me about is just like the commitment like I never learned the self-discipline and I 100% can see that that has affected me and to try to overcome that as an adult and it affects every area of your life like wow really it really does you think about my self-discipline affects especially being in in a line of work where you set your own hours affects how much I work how much I push hard how, like, how much further I'm going to push myself. It affects what I eat. It affects... Everything. 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 Yeah. Setting boundaries for myself goes back to self-discipline. Wow. So it's... it's, Wow. Right. I never even thought about that. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, like, how... I mentioned earlier, it's just something that comes so natural because I just learned how you said that character development. I just learned that as a child. Right. And it just happens for me naturally as an adult. Yeah. Where it's a, it's a struggle for you, but it makes, it makes total sense. And bless my parents' heart because I did try out a few sports when I was younger. Like I was in um, gymnastics and then I broke my arm, so I couldn't, couldn't do that. But so I, I tried, but I never, they never made me stick with one. and I never fell in love with anyone, but it was all when I was probably before the age of, I was like eight. So I was pretty young. Um, and you know, they were just thinking, they're expensive. She doesn't want to do it. She hasn't found anything she likes. We're not going to make her do it. And I'm like, oh. and I hate them. Like it came down to time and money and I, and I get it. Those are very, those are logical things, but I'm bummed because like I never got that. Yeah. And it's not, and I, and my brother, I think did do some more sports. He was more into like dirt bike riding and things like that. My sister did basketball for a while. 
Um, and the third is kind of just like, <laughs> I was the third. And they're like, ah, once she's it came, fine. Once it came to the baby, they were like, yeah. Ah. My mom's like, you're making your breakfast in kindergarten. Like, sounds about right. So I don't know. Like, I think, so what I wish I would have done, I wish they would have, um, I wish they would have pushed me into a sport more. I think it would have really developed my character and my confidence a lot more. Yeah. 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 So. I will say that I watched my niece and nephew grow up. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed um, what my sister did. Mm-hmm. Bringing up how you brought up, you know, time and money yeah. with parents might affect, you know, why their kid is or isn't in organized activities. But I really enjoyed watching, you know, my sister and my brother-in-law raise their children because they wanted them to be in a sport. Mm-hmm. But it was completely up to them. I mean, I watched my niece and nephew, you know, play soccer and baseball and Boy Scouts and jujitsu mm-hmm. until they, you know, finally settled into my niece is a cheerleader and an amazing one. Mm-hmm. And my nephew played baseball mm-hmm. up until he graduated high school. Yeah. But, you know, being able to give your child the freedom to choose what sport they want to play, I thought, was absolutely yeah. amazing. And I love that. And now having this experience myself, I'm super adamant about when I have kids. Like, you're picking a sport and, like, yeah, whatever whatever one or what, whatever your thing is. Maybe your thing isn't a sport. Maybe your thing is FFJA, 4-H. That's what I was thinking. FFA. 4-H. I don't 4-H. know what that came from. Maybe your thing is 4-H. <laughs> Maybe your thing is, you know, is that or agriculture. Maybe your thing is playing the trombone and like that's totally fine yeah. maybe it's it's music and singing or an instrument or... yeah or maybe it's on like um the student committee yeah yeah like that's fine whatever your thing is but you gotta have a hobby and have a thing and something that is outside of s- school and friends yeah because there's more to life than those two things because what you're it's gonna happen you're probably gonna grow up and do home life and work life and that's it you're going to have your social and your work life, and you're not going to have anything else that's going to wow. fill your soul. Wow. And then see so your left 27 trying to figure it out in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it like, it, it's eye-opening for me because when I think back on my childhood, I played soccer my entire life. Well, soccer and softball, but majority, I played soccer. But mm-hmm. I have memories and friends and... Trophies? Oh, my God, yeah. I only have one trophy in my entire life. You know how depressing that is? (laughs) I mean, the number of, like, trophies and medals and memories and, I mean, friends Mm -hmm. even that, you know, I I just think back and and how that shaped, like, my life. Yeah. And I'm appreciative for it. Right. And you don't realize it then as a child, but even, like, having, you know organized activities. So, for example, a team outside of my friends and, you know, having to figure out how to work together. I feel like it it shaped me into or gave me this work ethic Mm -hmm. that I now have, you know, in my adult life. You know, when it comes to, you know, I'm a real estate agent. I think I've mentioned that before um, in prior episodes. But when I work with other agents, have great work ethic. Yeah. I realize that I'm part of a team Mm -hmm. and I'm there to, like, get the job done. Yeah. No matter what needs to be done. And I just, 
Yeah. And that comes naturally for me. Yeah. Because of that organized sports. Yeah. That totally yeah. makes sense. And I think it's taken me, I don't want to say a while to get there, but it wasn't a natural learned thing. I mean, obviously you learn other ways. Like we had group activities or group um, projects, you know, obviously in school growing up, but working now on, in a, in a team environment is, it's, it, I don't think it was as natural for me yeah. and other, you know, other things that you develop character from and like that. But which is actually really funny that you bring that up because I just had this thought or this conversation the other day of I had mentioned that I'm not a team leader. Mm. Like when you're on a team or you know what I mean? Like when you're at work, I'm not someone that like. It's so funny you're bringing this up. Well, I'm not someone that like just takes the lead and like, all right, this is what needs to get done and delegates work. But I am someone that, like, I am part of the team where I'll take what I'm delegated and I'll, Mm -hmm. like, and I'll get it done. Right. Because thinking about this, that's what was, that was my role on my soccer team was I was the support. I was, I wasn't the captain. I wasn't the team leader. Mm -hmm. But when there was a play or when something needed to be done, like, you could lean on me. Mm -hmm. I would complete the task, right? Mm -hmm. And so now realizing that that was my role as a child in an organized sport that is still my role till today yeah whether it's like in a relationship within a friendship at work yeah like i'm having a little aha moments here when you're talking about this i love aha moments because my first aha moment that i just had is i was on this um zoom call this like self, I don't know, this life coach basically is in call and talking about how essentially when you come to the person you're supposed to be, you work through all your bullshit, you develop yourself into like a leader. Once you learn how to lead yourself, you then will become a leader because we have to lead ourselves. That's what being an adult, you know, responsible, emotionally responsible adult essentially is, I feel like. So that's my first thought. If you read any of my like astrology things, which I do somewhat believe in, um, or my personality or Enneagram or anything like that. It always talks about being a leader. This person's a leader. And I've never felt like a leader ever in my entire life, but I always get it. People are like, I think you're a great leader. I'm like, I'm not a leader though. Like that's not who I am. So you sit there and talk about like, Oh, I was a leader when I was like on these sports and did that when I was a kid. And now I'm a leader. And I'm like, I'm like, is the universe sending me this sign? Because it's weird. I envision you if you were in a sport Being as a child seen. that you would have been the captain. Thank you. I wish I would have had that experience. That would have been amazing. My second aha moment was hearing you talk about how you showed up as a child is not in certain ways how you're showing up as an adult is you're being a leader. You're doing some of this task. You're supporting role. And I love that. And I honor that. And I've thought back, well, what was I when I was a kid? And I was like, I was always the caretaker. I was always the caring person. That's why I thought I wanted to go into nursing, all these things. And I look at my life now and there, I have had other jobs and roles and things in my adult life where I was doing a lot of caretaking. But in my present moment now, I have no caretaking. The only person I take care of myself. And I don't say that in a great way, although it's, I'm very grateful to be able to do that. But, and I'm like, that's where my lack is. That's where I feel unfulfilled because I'm not taking care of somebody. Wow. So I didn't know that was going to come out today. You didn't know the, the therapy session was going to happen on this episode. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. Noted. Universe, thank you. Well, got that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, needless to say, 
you know, you wish your parents put you in right. organized sports and I wish sex was normalized. Yeah. And obviously you grew up in a house where you had sports and no talk of sex. And I had a house that was little sports and sex was pretty normalized. Yeah. So. But I, I just find it that like something, just this one topic, how, right. it, how it affects your, the rest of your adult life. Totally. Cause it's, it's just crazy. One piece of of our childhood or topic one piece one tiny puzzle piece and man even just to talk about it out loud always feels good so if you guys ever want to talk about or talk about your childhood or your crap or open up your can of worms um we're here to listen thank you guys so much for tuning in we appreciate it we love you thank you for sharing space with us and until next time giving you the biggest virtual hug because we appreciate you finishing another episode of Everyone's Therapist. Did that go by too quickly for anyone else? If you're looking for more ways to dive deep, check out our exclusive community on Facebook where you can connect with other like-minded souls. Check out facebook.com slash everyone's therapist podcast community.